good morning. We just got quiet. Must be time to start. Let's stand together today and, and uh, talk to the Lord about the next few moments. Lord, we're grateful. That, very thankful this morning to be in, of health to be able to gather with your people. God, to have the privileges and blessings, Lord, uh, to be able to make our way to this place today. And God, we expect every time we come that we're going to, at some point, Lord, we're going to know that we are in your presence and that you're with us. We have heard from you. Once again, Lord, we have, your people have gathered, clinging to that promise that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of me. Have your way this morning, Lord. Direct our hearts, our passions, our minds, Lord, in order that when we leave here, God, we will be more on track, closer to what you desire us to be, closer to those things that you want us to, to become. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. God's plan is better. Yes. That is our, that is our subject this morning. We're talking about uh, uh, leadership, and we're talking about uh, prophecy this quarter. I think you're going to be blessed with some of the things that we're going to uh, study in the Word of the Lord. Today, uh, we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 10 through 20, if you Want to turn in your Bible or look in your bulletin or follow us on the screen uh, today. Uh, our focus thought is though it is easy to get caught up in making our own plans, we must submit to God's plan because His plan is always better. Read along with us 1 Samuel 8 and 10. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And he will set them to uh, ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. He will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give this to his officers and to his servants. He will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants. He shall cry you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which he uh, shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have us a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. There is something about our way that is just our way. That's right. 
and we have a natural propensity to uh, to approve of, to love, to want our way. But our way doesn't always work out. We all know that. I mean, uh, you you've made choices that have not worked out well. All of us have. Uh, fortunately, uh, they were not fatal. You're here this morning. Uh, but very easily, choices can be. Uh, as a child, we traveled out west numerous times. My grandparents lived in California, and we uh, made that journey by train. We made that journey by uh, plane, by car uh, I rode in the back of a pickup truck all the way to California back one time. <laughs> it did have a shell camper on it with them little windows that you turn a little crank and roll them out, you know. Uh, now, I don't remember being hot. It was, I'm sure there were times it was a little warm, but, uh, but uh, we, we had just bought a twin bed uh, for, for my bedroom and mom and, and my dad just slid the mattress of that twin bed in the back of that pickup truck and it fit right between the wheel wells and my little brother and me rode to California back in the back of that pickup truck uh, and we had a blast it was like I mean, it was the funnest time of our lives you know we, we it was great uh, but out west we traveled through some deserts and uh, geography quite different from ours that, you know, uh, not being familiar with it could be dangerous in certain situations. Uh, we're traveling down a major highway and all of that, but, uh, you know, out in Arizona, places like that, there are trails that people hike. And, uh, you know, hikers come there from all over the place, go out there. But sometimes, unprepared, sometimes not understanding uh, the importance of things like taking enough water with you uh, and, and literally that could be a fatal decision. That's right. There are people that die because they, <clears throat> they take off on some trail and they don't carry enough water. The temperatures rise into the triple digits, it gets very hot, uh, the, uh, you're, you, you lose a lot of uh, body uh, moisture from, from sweating and everything, and, and, and most of these, you know, the, the state parks, the National Park Service, they put up signs, warning signs, saying, you know, be sure to take plenty of water. And other warnings that are that are important uh, for those that are going to be doing that, and 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 people sometimes choose to just ignore those signs, and it can be like the worst decision of your life, literally, uh, if you ignore those things. And if you talk to people who have survived and who, uh, but had you know close calls, uh, they will tell you things like, uh, "Well, I just." didn't pay attention to the signs, right? I wish I had followed the signs. I 
I knew better, but I thought I could make it without more water. Should have been more prepared. I should have took a compass. All those things that after someone has made a bad decision, they they wish, if only, you know. Uh, and, and many of us have thought about decisions we have made looking back down the road. I wish, if only, I could go back and alter that decision. Amen. Sadly, our lives sometimes take on a theme of if only. If yeah. only. If only. And it can feel hopeless. But, thank the Lord, uh, there is hope. God is, is. God has given us his word as a compass to help us to maneuver through uh, life safely. And, and, and he is there. And all that is required of us is that we pay attention to the signs. And God has given us his plan. And it's clearly posted in his word. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, and, and I want to, to uh, just kind of go back to a little bit of the history of Israel for, for a moment here. All right? Everybody with me this morning? Say amen. Hello, wait today. Amen. Praise God. So God created man and woman in the Garden of Eden. In his likeness, in his image, uh, there's something about us. It's like him. we're able to make judgments. We're able to choose right and wrong and all of that. And there in the very beginning, life was not complicated. That sounds nice to me. I don't know about you. All, all you had to do, all they had to do was follow God's instructions, and God's instructions were very clear, very plain, and they weren't very long. Right. Just don't eat of this one tree. All the trees in the garden, you can eat, you can just make tree houses, you can do anything you want, but of this one, one tree, just, just leave it alone. And so, that everything was working out real well as long as there was no evil influence, as long as the devil didn't insert himself into the situation. But, uh, uh, and, and they made good judgments up until the day that Satan entered into that paradise and struck up a conversation with Eve and then they made a decision that was against their own best interests. Perhaps not realizing, perhaps uh, deceived by the deceiver, they decided to go against God's counsel. And all of us are living with the results of that faithful decision. Amen. But even in that beginning and from then all the way to this day, God has always provided counsel. For humanity. Yes. We've not been left without direction. That's right. It's it's our, and it's to our advantage to seek that counsel. Because his counsel is what really matters in life. You and I can make judgments and decisions. We can look at a course of action and think about it before we take it. 
and try to imagine what the consequences will be, what the outcome will be. And uh, God has blessed us to be able to think about things like that. Animals don't think like that. But we do. We have that ability, thank the Lord. However, when we refuse to seek His counsel and His help, we are very short-sighted because you and I cannot see over the horizon. Ain't none of us know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow. That's right. And when we consider a course of action, we're limited. We can try to imagine what it's going to turn out, and we might imagine two or three scenarios. I used to play chess, and, and uh, before making any move, I would try to consider every single possible response that my opponent would could do, and then narrow down what he would probably do. And, and, and I would try to consider every single option, every single possibility that would be left for my opponent to take. And then maybe I would look at another man, you know, piece, chess piece, and try to determine what if I move here, what would happen, you know. We, we can look at things like that, but we cannot see every possibility, and, and we certainly cannot see with certainty what the outcome of any given action exactly will be. But the Lord knows the end from the beginning. That's right. Right? So any, any action, he knows the exact and full consequences of what that action would be, that choice would be. Why would we not seek his counsel? Why would we not want to know? What does the Lord say about this? What does the Lord think about this? And it's, it's a, what, what, a, what a tremendous resource we have in a God who is not hiding from us, but who is willing to give us, if we will seek, uh, he will be found and he will give us direction. Now, so considering the history of mankind, uh, the nation of Israel is born, you know, Abraham is called out and God says, I'm gonna make of you a great nation. It's gonna bless, be a blessing to all the earth. And, and so, and, and then they come out of Egypt and they became, and they became a nation. And they had to have laws, and that's what Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Leviticus is, you know, Exodus tells the history, Leviticus is, is, is the, you know, the giving of the instructions for the priest and all of that, and, and, and laws and things, and, and then, then uh, Deuteronomy is a review of the law that Moses does before he dies with all the people, and, and this, they are now a nation. And so, God has chosen a system of government for Israel that is a theocracy. That means God rules. And, and God is sovereign. His priests, they operate to, they, they rule in the name of God. And this is the fulfillment, is a fulfillment of God's intended purpose where they would be a kingdom of kings and priests. That, it, it'd be a kingdom full of kings and priests. That, that was God's, God's purpose and the direction that God was uh, taking them 
And it, it, it was, you know, for a while during the conquest of Canaan and all of that, uh, it, it, you know, could be argued that it was working out pretty well uh, some of the time. Uh, but, but after a period of time goes by, you remember the Judges, the book of Judges follows. This is a period where like every 14 years, there's, it's, it's like a roller coaster, about every 14 years. And, and they would... Uh, they would kind of turn away from God, and then when they fall, they'd be subjugated by their enemies, and their crops would be uh, taken from them, and, and and they would be under the hand of a of an enemy, and, and and then they would cry out to God, and God would raise up a leader, a judge in Israel, and he would he would uh, help to bring uh, you know restore uh, faith in God, and 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 uh, would perhaps lead them in battle and. They would throw off their enemies and, and, and then, then they would turn away from God and go back through this same cycle again and again. But God raised up judges in Israel. These were uh, not, not so much a judge in the sense of one who, uh, like in a criminal court so much, uh, but more like you know a county judge uh, that, that is an executive official. And, and God, God would raise them up and, and, uh, and, and he used them. But after about 500 years goes by, uh, something begins to happen. The priesthood begins to deteriorate. The priests in Israel, uh, they, they, they begin to be more interested in themselves and selfish-minded and all of that. And uh, therefore, the Lord raised up prophets. He begins to raise up prophets in Israel. And Samuel was the first of those prophets. We talked about him last Sunday, a young boy. For the light went out in the sanctuary. Amen. During the night, some point, God speaks to him. He hears the voice of the Lord. He, he's unfamiliar with it. He's not acquainted with it. No one had heard the voice of the Lord, it would seem, in a long time. But but God continues uh, just, just patiently working to get his attention and to speak to him. And Samuel begins to tune in and hear the voice of God. And what a great and incredible prophet that Samuel was. The Bible says that God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground. Everything he said, uh, it, it was meaningful, it was purposeful, people paid attention, and all of that kind of thing. But Samuel is getting old now. He's getting weaker physically. And, and, uh, and, and, and but the people love Samuel, but... But his sons don't, the Bible says, don't follow in his ways. And uh, uh, they walk not in his ways, the scripture says. And, and the elders, they gathered before Samuel and Ramah and they, uh, they were demanding a king. They, they were looking down the road. They said, this thing, you know, we, who's going to replace Samuel? Uh, seems there's no one else to step into those shoes that hears the voice of God. Uh, and and we we need uh, we we need a king like all the nations around us. We're we've grown. We're a larger people now, and and uh, you know that this is the way of nations, and this is what we should do. Uh, but what the people didn't really understand is that their prosperity and their peace and all of that was linked to their keeping keeping the commandments of the Lord and the Passover. Uh, I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 18 where, where uh, Moses tells him, if you will hear, hearken unto the words of the Lord 
And if you will obey the words of the Lord, this, 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 and this is going to happen. And it was all good. But if you will not, this, 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 this is going to happen. And I've often said, in that is the Holocaust, all the horrible things that have happened as a result of turning away from God. Amen. But during this time, they they began to look to, uh, you know, valiant men that God would raise up. And they began to really put their trust in men more than in God. They trusted in Samuel rather than the Lord. Obviously, the Lord could raise someone else up like Samuel. But they weren't trusting in that. They weren't confident in that. They're trying to work out their own future here. And so... They're, they're not patiently waiting on God. They're just, they're, they're demanding a king. And Samuel's heart, no doubt, was grieved by this, uh, that they wanted a king like all the other nations. And so uh, Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him exactly what to say to them, and he repeated exactly what God said to the people. Then, uh, when the people responded, he repeated exactly what the people said back to God. He was acting as a mediator, in a sense. And uh, sadly, this, there's a pattern that uh, had been working in those people since they came out of Egypt, that they, they became dependent on strong men. You know, God will raise up strong leaders. We're talking about leaders. God will raise up strong leaders, and we need strong leaders. Yes, we do. It's important for us. Amen. We're sheep, huh? Amen. We need shepherds. God says, I'll give you shepherds with a heart after me. We need leadership. All of us need leadership. Uh, and, and we need godly leadership and leadership that's been appointed of the Lord, called by God. Uh, but, but we must never become dependent on a man that's right. or a woman or anyone. Even if God raises them up, we have got to keep our faith and our trust in God. Yes. Many have gone shipwrecked and led many astray because of that. And it's amazing how quickly that a when there's no strong voice of leadership, people just sink. That's right. Slip. Commitment. Commitment to to leadership. Commitment to direction that God has given uh, begins to to fail and slip, and and, and uh, even to people that they owe so much, like like Samuel, they it, it's very very sad. But it's difficult, listen to me, to trust in a God that you don't have a continual relationship with. That's right. That's good. So I don't want to trust God. You know what? You build a relationship with him and it's a whole lot easier to trust him. Yes, it is. Because you have those experiences. The Lord said, ask that your joy may be full. You ask of God and God answers 
and it gives joy to your heart, and that gives you more faith to believe that God will do something else, that God will do more, that God will provide for you, all of that because you are building that relationship there, that continuing relationship. And so as God gives them a, a king, Saul, you remember that, the first monarch, the first king of Israel, and, and it, you know, it was their vision that this man would rise up and, man, he would fight their battles for them and defeat their enemies and, and, and there would be this majesty and, and, and people that would come to visit from other places. They, they, would, be, they, they would be in awe and they would, they would say, man, you're a real nation. You're, because they were like the other people. Sadly, the, the, the people wanted to be like other nations. And that was not God's will. That was not God. God did not want them to be like other nations. Amen. They were to be different. They were to be a kingdom of kings and priests. That they were to be a kingdom that would be a light to the world. The world was getting their taking their cues from men who they raised up and men who were mighty conquerors and men who had done great achievements and got elevated and become popular. Amen. But God wanted his people. He wanted there to be a light in the world. He wanted there to be a people that trusted in God. Amen. That there'll be a light to those other nations rather than the other nations becoming the pattern for his own people. That's not what was really happening. They, they so you know, God selected Saul, um, God gave them what they was asking for, really, is what he did. You know, he chose a man with head and shoulders above them all. He said, all right, I'm going to give you a king. Here's what you want. I'm going to give it to you. But it wasn't working out so well. God chose David and rejected Saul. It, it's pretty easy right off the bat in the very first king to see that their way was not working out so well. Israel's way was not working out so well. But the Lord permitted them to have their way, but not without warning. Not without warning. The passage we read this morning just breaks down, lines out, lays it out there. This is what's going to happen. This is, this is what the Lord is telling you, you know. Here's the warning sign. Praise God. And it's amazing how that even though uh, King Saul did not obey the Lord and he began to take things into his own hands and all that kind of stuff, that, that, that the Lord still had mercy on them and his love for Israel still remained even when they rejected God's counsel. Why? Because he had a covenant with them. And he stayed true to that covenant. Um, I, I can't help but think about, you know, Israel wanted this mighty conquering king who would just, man, head and shoulders above all, he, he's a tall fellow, he's a big fellow. He's going to go out, he's going to defeat our enemies. He is going to, he's going to lead us into victory. Uh, what a, we, we, we want a big man. We want a big man. So God gives them a big man. But you remember there's always going to be a bigger man. Goliath comes on the scene. Yeah. 
That's right. right. And where do we find Saul hiding out with all the rest of them? Yeah. <laughs> they, they got their king and look at him. He's hiding out. He's scared. But there's a little boy, a young man, by the name of David, who's not scared. There's a young man, but God says, after God's own heart. See, God's not looking for somebody that's, that's, that's you know, perhaps would make the front cover of GQ magazine. God's not looking for somebody who's, who's head and shoulders above everybody else right. who men look up to, but he's looking for somebody who will simply just love him and be obedient to him. Whatever he says, do it. That's, that was, that was uh, young David. And, and the Lord, the Lord raised up David. And uh, it just shows God's long-suffering, really, with Israel, that he did that. But he's got a covenant with his people. He had made that covenant with Abraham. He had renewed it with, with, with Isaac and Jacob and all the way down to Moses concerning his people. His love for Israel was firm. And that covenant even prevailed over the faltering, faltering and the failings and the tripping ups of, of, of God's people. Think about the seven churches in the book of Revelation that are mentioned there. They were existing churches at the time. John was on the Isle of Patmos in the spirit of the Lord's day and God gave him a word for all seven of those churches. He would eventually get off that island where he was exiled, sent there to die. Uh, he would eventually uh, be taken off that island and he would get the opportunity to go to those seven churches and deliver those messages. And you read in those letters to those churches, those messages to those churches, and there, there, there were faults with them. There were, there were issues in those churches, but the Lord still in His grace, in His mercy, in His love, in His covenant is still wanting to work amongst them. Amen. Still wanting to, to restore them. Still wanting to make them everything that God had intended for them to be in the beginning even though they had made some wrong choices and so that's what God's doing he, Samuel warns the people and they refuse to listen to God's counsel now when you think about a king really everything is horizontal we elevate him in our eyes but to God's eyes we're all made out of the same stuff Right. So it's really all horizontal when we choose a human king. But when you choose God as king, and God wanted to be their king, when you choose God as king, it's all vertical. That's right. Because his ways are so far above our ways. Amen. He's he is uh, he, his knowledge, his his foresight, everything about him, uh, he is the only one really qualified to be king. Right. Only yeah. God. Only God. Just a little sidebar here, that's why That's why uh, the, the world is in a dangerous position right now. The Antichrist uh, could assume power and, and when he does that people and people give him the kind of power that that the scripture prophesies they're going to do because they're going to cry peace and right. safety and they're going to they're going to want peace so bad they'll agree to anything and 
he's going to offer them something and they're going to wonder after it and they're going to be in awe of it and think this man can give us what we're looking for. Uh, but, but, but the fact of the matter is he's not qualified to be our king. And there will never be any peace until God is seated at the Amen. conference table. That's right. So, so Samuel tells them, you will be his servants. You're gonna, he's going to take the best of your young men, the best of your young ladies, and, and, and he's going to make servants out of them. He's gonna, he's gonna, they're going to cook and bake for him, and they're going to do all this stuff. And, and some of your young men, they're even going to be those guys... They're, they're not going to be riding on the horse with the, in the chair with the king. They're going to be running in front of the horses. Right. Very descriptive. But that's what happens. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is liberating. People that walk away from God sometimes talk about liberty. That is foolishness. The only real liberty is, is, is following the Lord and hearing His voice Amen. and obeying the voice of the Lord. That's right. That, that's true liberty right there. Yes. Man's law weighs us down, but God's law will lift the spirit. God will yeah. raise us up. Amen. That, that was the lesson right from the very Garden of Eden. Had they remained true to God's word. Amen. What a difference it would have made through the ages. But God's plan, listen to me, is always better than our plan. Amen. You need to hear that today. You need to hear that today. Amen. He has something better for you than you could have ever come up with and planned for yourself. God's plan don't need no corrections. <laughs> His ways are right and, 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 and need no repentance. God's direction, God's directives in our lives leads to rewards and joy and peace and prosperity and purity. I'm not telling you that living for God's going to be a bed of roses in this world because we have an enemy of our souls and we have a world who's just against things of God because they want their own way not God's way and they, there will be resistance if you live for God but I'm here to tell you amen that, that God's plan will always be best in your life and, and I'm not saying that all of your plans are bad I'm not saying every plan you make is bad don't get me wrong this morning neither are they always good either they're, they're our plans they don't always bring the reward we're looking for. They don't always work out right like we want them to. Joshua knew. You, you remember Joshua? Choose you this day. Yes. Who you're going to serve. Right. Make up your mind. Yes. Amen. Here's God's way and here's your way. Right. Make a choice. Decide right now. Amen. I hear that in Samuel when he's talking to them about this king. I hear that. History is speaking to them right there. They should have listened. They should have hearkened unto the words of the Lord. God's intent for them was not to be like every other nation. God wanted them to be a holy nation. And a holy nation, the only kind of you, for a king, for a holy nation, needs to be a holy king, right? Right. And there's only one holy, and that's the Lord. Yes, amen. He deserves to be the king. He's the only one that deserves to be the king. Yes. I know Pilate had a description put on the cross that said, uh, you know, Jesus, king of uh, the Jews, or uh, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews, I think is what it said. He, he put that on there, but let me tell you something. 
That's a man's words. He was more than just king of the Jews. Yes, he was. He will be more than just king of the Jews. Yes, and today he wants to be the king of anybody's life who wants his kingdom. If you want the kingdom of God, then he's your king. He's the king you need. He's the only king you can have. But if you want your own kingdom, then you will sit on that throne whatever you want, whomever you want. Amen. But it's not what God's plan ever was. When Jesus came, he came preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the kingdom of heaven. That was his message. He talked about it over and over and over again. Even John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, came introducing the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus preached. That's what his disciples preached. After the resurrection, Jesus meets with the disciples. And what did they discuss? The things concerning the kingdom of God. And what did his disciples go out and preach after Pentecost? They're preaching the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Yes. It's a kingdom. Yes. Praise God. And in kingdoms, there is one who rules. There is one who reigns. I'm glad to be a part of that today. I am thankful for that we have a king today. And listen, the world is still looking for a king. Yes, they want one in their own image rather than God, who should be king. And so they will raise up a king. And that's what the Antichrist will be. He will be in opposition to Christ. He will be in opposition to the real king. And he will be what they raise up and they want and they think they want. But they're going to find out very quickly that what they want don't always work out the way that they Amen. But think about what kind of kingdom is. What kind of kingdom does the, the constituents, the, the people of this kingdom, get to be joint heirs with the king? Get to sit on the throne with the king and his kingdom. Uh, joint heirs with him. Man, that's got to be a kingdom that's built on principles of righteousness and love. Yes. That ain't the way it works in the world. That's right. When people get power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, and, and they, they're, they're going to seek their own ways and they're going to land their own pockets and they're going to make the best for themselves yes, and not everybody else. But a kingdom that is based on love and righteousness, there's no other kingdom in the world like that. And you won't find it. There is no paradise on this earth. You're looking for the, in the wrong place. It's the kingdom of heaven if you're looking for a real paradise. Right. I'm sorry. Get on your get on your your cruise ship and go to the Caribbean. Go wherever you want to. Looking for paradise today. The Garden of Eden is no more. If you want a real paradise, it is the kingdom of God. That's right. You talk about real fruit. We're not talking about just coconuts and things. The kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and love, and the Holy Ghost. All these fruits of the Spirit that we get to have. And then think about this. Amen. One day we get to go to a place where the tree of life is. And we get to eat of the fruit of that. And we live, we live eternally. We get eternal life as part of this kingdom. Man, what a kingdom this must be. What a kingdom. So the introduction of that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels. The, the life of Christ in our Bibles as recorded by four different writers. And, and Mark presents Jesus as the servant. Yes. 
Matthew presents him as our king. And then if you read John, Jesus is divine. That light that shines into the world. And the, the, the darkness comprehended not. The darkness didn't overcome it. That, that's, that's Jesus. Yeah. And Luke presents Jesus as a man. The man Christ Jesus. Well, that's important. Because he would be the sacrifice for us. The, 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 uh, the propitiation for our sins. Somebody had to take the penalty. Some man had to take the penalty. And there was no one qualified to do that. And so sins were not really being dealt with. They were just being rolled ahead every year. And in God's mercy, he was allowing his anger and his wrath to, to, to be appeased. And they, they, they would slay a lamb, but, but a, and a man wouldn't have to die. But, but we were all doomed to death except that there would be a sacrifice that would free us from the penalty of our own sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's gone his own way, the Bible says. And our own way is that path that leads to destruction. But here is, it, it's, when, when we choose to our way over God's way, it's iniquity. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The penalty had to be paid. That's right. And so, Jesus came. John 4 9 says, First John 4 9, In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. <laughs> he loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins, verse 9 and 10. Amen. God's plan is best. All right, let's just get real here. Let's get real here. Think about for a moment the privileges of being part of this kingdom. There is no other place you can find eternal That ought to seal the deal right there. It really don't matter if I get that job. It really don't matter if, if my car breaks down. Eternal life. Yes. But, but I want you to realize what God is offering. What he's proposing. Not only will I give you eternal life, but you can sit on the throne as heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And not just sit on the throne with him, but see his glory. Share in his glory. To be the bride of Christ. Romans 8 and 17. Beautiful, beautiful verse of scripture. Uh, relevant to, to sharing his glory and, and God's eternal plan and what he's got in store for his church. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 27 that he might present it to himself a glorious church Amen. not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish that's right what Praise. awesome awesome thing the church is going to be it's going to be breathtaking it's going to be mind blowing the church. 
And we get to be part of that. The kingdom of God. Yes, Lord. Rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years and a millennium. Eternity with him. Making judgments and ruling and all of that, but and, and with under the authority of God Himself. But but even better than all of that, we get to behold His glory. Yes. Amen. What an incredible privilege for every child of God. Hmm. Now, we've been studying on Wednesday nights and we wrapped up this last Wednesday night about kind of how we got our Bible right to today. Uh, Jerome was the guy who, uh, who uh, translated, gave, gave us the Latin Vulgate from which a lot of the, you know, part of the history of the translation of God's Word. Uh, it was into, into Latin and, and served for, for many years. Uh, back in the 4th century. But Jerome had a statement. You've probably heard it before. He, he made this statement. He said, good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. That's pretty good. Good, better, and best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. What is the, the good for us, really for us, is, is salvation. Aren't you thankful for the, the Spirit of the Lord? Aren't you thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Aren't you thankful for His empowerment in your life and, and, and that He is with you all the time? Wow, that's good! Yes. What could be better than that? How about heaven? Amen. You know, He's still working on you right now, right? Make you what you ought to be. Make you just a week to make the moons and stars, all this stuff. But he's still working on us. But he's got some work to do, right? So we're not there yet. We're not there yet. The fact of the matter is, uh, you know, all of us, all of us could make choices to negate God's will, plan, and purpose in our lives. So what's better than? Then the Holy Ghost, what's better than the new birth? When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus. That's going to be an awesome time. When you walk through those doors, there, there will all fear, all concerns, all worries, all struggles. All of that will be behind us when that gate sun shut. Amen. We will have made it. There'll never be another tear. There'll never be another sorrow. There'll never be another heartache. There'll never be another sickness. Amen. There, there won't even be a need for the sun to come up in the morning because he's going to be the light of that city. I'm talking about heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? Preacher said that one time, little boy didn't raise his hand. Preacher, I talked to him after church. He said, son, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, yeah, pastor, but I just didn't know he was making up a load today. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a place heaven's going to be. What a place heaven's going to be. But, and 
and the Bible says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. So there's good. There's better. But I'm going to tell you what's the best part of heaven. Heaven for me. Heaven for me is not streets of gold, gates of pearl. It's to behold his glory. That's the best. It can get no better than that. That that is that is the ultimate. That is everything that we that we could ever aspire to. Everything that's the greatest. That's the best that it can get for us. His way is always best. Always best. And when 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 and you think about it, okay? God is love, right? Jesus is love. But when love is glorified, they don't get no better than that. Men aren't perfect. When they get glorified, bad things can still happen. But when love is glorified, how, how, how great that is, how awesome that is. I want to read a verse of scripture uh, this morning before we close here. In John chapter 17 and verse 24. Jesus in his prayer, his intercessory prayer. And he's praying for his, his disciples and praying for us. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. Before the world even began, God knew the end result. Men were going to sin. If he gave them a choice, they were going to sin. And he had a plan. And he loved that plan. The Logos in John. In the beginning was the Word. That's the, the Greek Logos. And it's a plan. In the beginning, God had a plan. And he loved that plan. Jesus was the plan. Genesis 3.15 was the first promise of that. There was a plan that was going to come right there in the Garden of Eden. Right after they had sinned the first time, he's promising them a Redeemer. But when that Redeemer would come and become, take on our sin, become sin for us, bear the penalty of that, and overcome it because, because he is the, the perfect one, because he is the sinless one, and, and resurrect and all of that, then, then and, and, and he would demonstrate his love by manifesting himself to us. He wasn't just up there. He was with us. God with us. Amen? But he, as the man Christ Jesus could only be in one spot at a time, the man Christ Jesus, because he subjected himself to humanity for a period of time. Uh, but now, now he's with every one of us. I don't want to go back to like the disciples' day. I don't want to walk on the shores of Galilee, amen, with Jesus like he was. I want him living in me. 
And I want to someday, amen, get to enjoy eternity in his presence. Beholding, observing his glory. And he loved us so much that his prayer was, just, Lord, that they may be with me where I am, and they may behold my glory. I'm looking forward to that. What an awesome, awesome thing that is. Listen, God's plan is always You hear me this morning? God's plan is always better. No matter what you may be thinking, no matter what you may be concocting in your mind, coming up with today, God's plan is better today. It is better. Uh, I, I want. I, I don't know. You know, there could be somebody here today that you're 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 about to make a decision. It's going to be uh, far-reaching, long, long-standing, and. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Uh, in my study this week, I found Proverbs 1 and 25. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. And your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. And distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find I don't want to be in that position. I want God's plan. His plan is the best plan for your life. Let's stand together this morning. How about we just follow the Lord's plan? How about we just go God's way tonight? I tell you this, God's way is forward. And that's where we're going. We're going forward. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you just lift your hands right now and give the Lord some praise in this place. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We want to see your glory, God. We want to see you high and lifted up today.